about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Praise God. I guess we'll teach the word this morning. Is that okay? Yes. Glory to God. All right. Take your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Got a bunch of real good stuff for you today that is going to help you. A whole bunch. We have been talking about your identity. Who you became the day that you got born again. Many people who have been born again or in the kingdom of God do not understand at all what really happened to them on that day that they got born again. As you go through the Bible, uh, most, or I'd say a lot of the New Testament is telling you who you are and what you, who you are and what you need to do. It's not easy up here. Glory to God. All right, Matthew chapter 7, are you there? Yeah. All right, there's a very familiar verse here, but uh, it's going to help you this morning. Chapter 7. Look at verse 24. It's in red, so this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and it was a great fall. Say, a great fall. A great fall. Now notice, this is talking about two houses, but it's also talking about you, because how many you know you are the house of God? The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. The Bible says you are a temple of the living God, so you can relate this to yourself. So it's talking about you and your spiritual life since you've been born again. Here it says you are a house. And being a house in the kingdom of God, the rains will descend, the floods will come, and the winds will blow. How many know that's the truth? I mean, sometimes, you know, I taught whenever I got born again, everything was going to be just wonderful. That's the end of it. You walk into this utopia, but I don't, I haven't found quite that utopia yet. And basically the winds have come and the rain have come and all these things have come. So notice, you were not born into a trouble-free life at all. You were born into the kingdom of God. You're now a kingdom citizen. But notice what it says here, which is very important. Say very important. Very important. Notice, what, what destroys your life or stops you in the kingdom of God is not the wind, not the rain, not the flood, not the problems, not your spouse, not your people, not other things. Basically what does is your foundation. Say my foundation. Because here this, the winds and waves came against two different houses. One fell down and the other one stood. So you've got two people born in the kingdom of God. You've got one over here and one here. And all these stuff starts happening in your life. How I many know stuff starts happening in your life? And one of them fell down and the other one just kept going because they had the right foundation. Say foundation. Now, we know the foundation is the Word of God, but also, more important than that, your foundation is your identity, who you are. That is the key. Not just the Word of God, but your identity controls when things come against you. When something comes against you to hit your life, it's going to make a difference whether you see yourself and identify as a victor or a victim. See, we've been taught to be victims in the church. 
and God's going to do something for us. Just, oh, we'll just give up. Oh, it's just so terrible. Oh, we just can't do it. With that mindset, your house is going to fall down every time. Are you following me? So whatever's coming into your life and hitting your life, you don't have to talk about it. You need to find out where your foundation is. And if you get on the right foundation, it won't bother your foundation because it's built upon the rock. Are you following me this morning? So my foundation and my identity. And here's the thing with kingdom growth. Can we go a little further this morning? In kingdom growth, basically, you do not grow up any until you make it through the storm. See, when I got in the ministry and I became a pastor and, and I started, we started in the Holiday Inn, which we called the Holy Ghost Inn when we were there. And we had services on the day and on the night of Sunday and we were doing things and we had a good group there and everybody was happy and everybody was wonderful. And it was just such a great time. And then two prominent people in the church who we loved very much and cared for us started doing a Wednesday night service somewhere else because we couldn't do Wednesday night services because we rented it for only one day. Well, after about a month, they came back and all at once they decided that he taught them that we were a heretic, that the Holy Ghost didn't do what the Holy Ghost does, that people can touch in the spirit, people didn't fall down in the spirit, that joy wasn't for real, blah, 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 blah. And those two people called me and left the church. When the, they left the church, it was very difficult for a new young pastor to deal with two people who they knew very well to call you a heretic and walk out of the church. So when that happened to me, I mean, I just went into a depression stage of, I didn't want to take any phone calls. I didn't want to talk to anybody else. I didn't know if they were taking half, half the people with us. I didn't know if they were taking 10 of the 20 that we had. So, yeah, I'd start worrying, I started fearing, started doing all this stuff, it went on for several weeks, and then I finally, you know, broke through it on the other side, and then a little bit down further, maybe another three months, someone else who we knew very well decided to leave, blah, 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 blah. So until I came to the point where I knew my foundation was not whether people stayed with me or didn't stay with me, that my foundation was my identity of who I was, and yes, the devil told me I wasn't anointed, but yes, I was. Yes, the devil told me I couldn't preach the word, but yes, I can. The devil told me I was preaching heresy, but I was not. I was preaching according to the word of God. I had to change my identity of who he was trying to convince me to be to who I really was. And when I got to that point, rejection no longer bothered me anymore. So I felt good for about two weeks, and here came the winds. Come on, isn't that the way life is? But until you come to the place where you stay on that foundation and solid rock, you grow into another position where that doesn't affect you anymore. Or, you know, some people say, well, if I just didn't have that, or this just didn't happen, if I didn't have that job, the job is not the problem. The foundation of your life is the problem. You either see yourself this morning as a victor or a victim. You see yourself as someone being conquered or somebody more than a conqueror. You see yourself as someone who's healed or someone who's sick. You see yourself as someone who's happy or someone who's sad. And however you see yourself, that's the way you will approach the problem when it comes. And many times victims cannot defeat the wind or the waves or anything else that comes. Are you following me? So it's the Holy Ghost. He's in you to try, hey, that's not you. What are you doing? Get, put on your big boy pants and let's go here. Let's put up a fight here. Let's, let's do what we're doing according to the word. Let's stand there. And then when you break through on the other side, you've got another foundation. So when that comes around again, that doesn't bother you anymore. When people talk behind you, behind your back, doesn't bother you anymore. Why is that? Because I've got the foundation with the word, and I'm going to obey the word. So as a, as a leader, a lot of times there's a spirit of heaviness that will try to come on you. Well, I didn't know that. Nobody ever told me that stuff. You know, they just told me it was going to be bad. <laughs> Which it isn't. If you're in your call and you know what you're doing. So the spirit of heaviness would start to come on me. I wouldn't do Then I came across the scripture that said, the garment of praise for the spirit of Heaviness. So every time I started feeling heavy, I said, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And that spirit of heaviness 
left. Oh, it doesn't bother me anymore. Do you see? But if you say, I don't know. I feel heavy today. I better call Sister Susie and Brother Joe and Uncle John and see what's going on. And they don't have an answer either. Oh, you follow me? But once you find out the word for that situation and you start walking in that word, the wind is not going to bother you in a lot of areas. The waves are not going to hit you anymore. Your foundation is going to stand. And then you can tell other people, right. which is what we're here to do, right? We're here to make disciples, yes. not of me, but of Jesus. How many of you know that? Yes. So you want to become a disciple. Then you can tell somebody, hey, you feel heavy today? All you got to do is start praising. How many you know they ain't going to like that? Yeah. You know, when you're heavy, the last thing you want to do is praise God. They're going to say, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But how many know God knows? Believe it or not, he knows what he's doing. And when he tells you to do something in the midst, how about this one? Love your enemies. Somebody comes at you, this person's mad at me, and I just don't know what to do, and they don't like me. And I'll say, love them. And they'll say, are you out of your mind? No, I'll tell you what, are they cursing you? Bless them. What? Heretic. Are they persecuting me? Try this, pray for them. See, that's God's way. Now what am I doing? I'm building a foundation. So the next person comes along and persecutes me and stabs me in the back, I know exactly what to do. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to come right out of that mess. The wind's not going to bother my house. The waves aren't going to bother my house. I tell you, a lot of ministries have been destroyed simply because they got the wrong foundation. A lot of lives have been destroyed because they got the wrong foundation. And if you look at the world today, can we go a little further? The whole world is after people's identity, whether you're a Christian or not right now. They're trying to convince you if you're male, you're female. If you're female, you're male. See? What are they doing? That's your identity. You'll at least be able to identify with that you're a man because there's physical evidence. Do you see what I mean? Spiritually, now spiritually, you, you don't have evidence. You just got to believe what God says. But physically, you've actually got evidence. I don't have to tell you what it is, but you have evidence. Come on now, that proves you are a man or a woman. Do you see what I mean? But spiritually, a lot of times you don't have evidence until you believe the identity, then the evidence follows the believing. It does not proceed the believing. Come on, are you following me? So as soon as I feel holy, I'll be holy. It's going to be a long time for you. No, you already are holy, the Bible says. You were created in righteousness and created in holiness. That's the way you were created. So you've got to say, I'm holy. And if it hurts to say that, you need to start meditating on the Word of God until you see yourself as a holy being rather than an other holy being who's over here. And that's what meditation does. That's why it tells you to meditate on His Word day and night. Now, how many know that's a lot? Yeah, day and night. So I had to start meditating on I'm an anointed pastor. I've got the power of God. I lay hands on the sick. They recover. I do. What was I doing? I was meditating. these things. I wasn't trying to get them. I was trying to see them because I already had them. Hallelujah. See, faith doesn't get you things. Faith just convinces you that you got them. People say, I've been trying by faith. Don't try by faith. Just get over who you are. When you're healed, you'll live healed. If you're sickly and believe you're sickly, you will be sickly and sicklier and early, early sicklier. You see? So what's he trying to do? He's saying here, we need a foundation. And what is that foundation? That foundation is basically who you are by the word of God. And we studied last week a little bit. We not only need to hear the word, but we need to do, do the word. But notice, one way to do the word is to be the word and what it tells you. See, I'm gonna, I read here and, and I'm holy and righteous, that I want to be holy and righteous in order to do the word because it told me I'm holy and righteous. It's not always action, it's believing who you are and what God has said about you. So through the word of God, how you see yourself is the key. Do I see myself? I mean, when you close your eyes and go to bed at night, who's in bed? The loser, the failure, I'm trying my best, I'm doing all I can, 
I hope tomorrow's better. I hope, or are you uh, more than a conqueror? Are you filled with the spirit of the living God? Are you got the anointing of God all over you? Praise God. Are you blessed? Are you righteous? Are you holy? Are, who are you? And the Holy Ghost is trying to get you to see who you are. And you got that way because you were created that way. Not because you did something to get that way. Religion. Religion always wants you to do something to get something from God that God already provided for you so you can take credit for getting it even though God got it for you and you'll never get it because you can't get it. How many of you could get saved without Jesus? No. How many tried? Yeah. And finally one day you wised up, didn't you? Said, this ain't working. This ain't, this ain't working very good. I thought I was getting a little better because yesterday I was good, but today I made up for yesterday. Boy, I'll tell you what, I let it cut loose, boy. I used every cuss word in and out of the world right now and every... So what happened? You step back, but there's a day you came and said, ha, huh, he paid for it. All I got to do is receive him as my Lord and Savior. When you did that, boom, a miracle. Say miracle. Everybody's looking for a new miracle. You haven't even taken part in the old one yet. I need another miracle. No, you need the first one. You need to know what he did for you on the cross. And everything you get is not by you. It's by the blood. See? And everybody wants to apply the blood. You can't apply the blood if you don't have the blood provided. You just can't say, apply the blood. I apply the blood. I'm sick and I apply the blood. No, if you don't know it provided for your healing, then there's no sense trying to apply something that you don't know what it was for anyway. Are you following me? And that's why it's important to know what Jesus died for and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary and what he did to make us who we are today. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. My God, I think we can close the Bible and go home. I think we're about done here. Because I told you there's a group of people rising up out of the ordinary. I've told you that before. We're going to be... Sick and tired of being sick and tired, vic tired of being victim, tired of being these things. We've been calling out for God for years for these things, but they're going to find out finally through the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God that they already are these things, and they've been wasting time trying to become these things because they already are these things. All the time, people come up, pa another pastor pastoring so hard. If it's hard for you, you better check, buddy. Maybe you're not called to be a pastor. Or if not, maybe you better grow up a little bit and, and understand, Pastor, or whatever. As long as you're walking in your call for God, I'll tell you what, there's something in you that will never stop you and keep you going no matter what happens in your life. It don't make, as long as you're fulfilling your purpose, don't make any difference at all. Don't matter who think you should be, who think you're doing. You shouldn't be a pastor. I don't care what you think. You should be. I don't care what you think either. I don't care either way. You know what I mean? Because you know you're in the call of God. You're, you're doing the purpose that you were created here to do. And how many know that's very important? Yes, it is. All right, thank you for your overwhelming excitement this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, look, all things are become new. So here it says once again, you're a new creature. Old things have done what? passed away. Another translation said they disappeared forever. Another says they're out of date. Another says they are finished and gone. So on December 21st, 1985, at 30 years, almost 30 years of age, in a, in a, in a Catholic church, I got born again that, that very night. And I was no longer a cusser who got saved. I was no longer a saved alcoholic. I was no longer a sinner who was saved. At that time, I was completely changed where the alcoholic that night died the cusser died, the sick man died, the angry man died, or as it says, he passed away. Now notice, he's not passing away. He has 
passed away. That means your old man, who you were, was killed. It's just the opposite. When Adam came, Adam was full of the spirit of God. He had the life of God. He had the nature of God on the inside. And Satan came along and tricked him. When he did that, he basically lost the nature of God, took on the nature of Satan. Are you following me? And lived that way and became a soulish man. Well, you turn it back around, Jesus came, what for? To kill that man, take you right back to where you were before, and make you just like Adam in the image and likeness of God himself. And that was a miracle. Say miracle. miracle. See, I had nothing to do with that. I didn't even know what happened that night for several months later. I just knew I felt better. I looked better. All at once my life would change. What I wanted to do for 30 years, I no longer desired to do. Hallelujah. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to get drunk. I wanted to get drunk. Come on, are you following me? Yeah. You had no hangover there, brother. You just float along. Praise God. Hallelujah. I didn't want to go to the bar anymore. I wanted to go to church. Yeah. See, everything had changed. Why? Everything had changed on the inside of me. I now got God's nature on the inside. So here it says basically at that time, old things passed away. Say passed away. Another translator says old things are out of date. Say out of date. Now, I eat a lot of cereal in the morning when I have time. And a lot of times I go to get my cereal and I go to the fridge and I get my milk and I take it out and look at it and I take it to Becky and say what about this? She says, oh, shoo, that's out of date. She says, it's too old. I didn't make it to the date. Now, I'm not going to drink that milk if it's out of date. I want what's in date. Come on. How many of you were out of date clothes? Nobody came in here in bell bottoms this morning? I didn't see anybody anywhere. See, why wouldn't you do that? Because those things are what? Out of date. Some of you probably got some at home, but that's beside the point. Praise God. So what? You, yet you go over the spiritual realm and you've got Christians wearing the old out-of-date angry man, the old out-of-date weak guy, the old out-of-date fearful guy, the out-of-date helpful guy, helpless guy, all these things basically because they don't understand who they've become. I ran into people who've got born again and then basically said they could never serve God because of what they did before they got saved. I said, the Bible says your sins have been cast into the depths of the sea. They're as far as the east is from the west. They don't even manage it. Oh, you just don't know what I did. And I don't care and neither does he. He don't care anymore. It's been taken care of. You're a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm even going up to somebody and say, are you saved? Yes, I'm a saved sinner. <laughs> and people teach that. Yeah. See, when that's taught to you and you believe it, how is a sinner going to function in the things of God when he thinks he's a sinner to begin with? See? So it, it depends on how you see yourself. It depends on what you think. And one of the, the ones, I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. How I many you know he wrote most of the New Testament? He, he was a Holy Ghost-filled man. But you go back before that, he was killing Christians. He was putting Christians in jail. He was locking people up. And then all at once he ran into Jesus. How I many know that'll make a difference? Yeah, he ran into Jesus. So then he goes out and tries to preach the gospel and can't understand why nobody will come to his meetings. Come on, is that right? He's putting them in jail one day. He's having revival the next day. and Nobody shows up. He can't figure out what the problem is. So in 2 Corinthians, he comes out, and he goes to a group of people that finally showed up. Say, so finally showed up. And he said, what's the matter with you? I've wronged no man. Come on, look, I go to 2 Corinthians. Go there. You think I'm making this up? Go to verse 7, or chapter 7. Look at chapter 7, verse 1. Paul says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting the holiness and the fear of God. Receive us. We've wronged no man. We have corrupted injured no man. We have defrauded no man. I just stood up and said, liar, liar, liar. But no, Paul had a revelation. 
that Saul died on that road, praise God. And now there was a new person who erected out of that thing by the name of Paul, who didn't associate with the old man, but associated with a new person he was according to Scripture and according to Jesus, and he had become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And here, here's the problem with people. God gave us authority. He gave you the authority to claim whoever you want to be. It's your authority. So if you want to claim to be weak, you can claim it, and you'll have it. You can claim to be a sinner, and bless God, you won't have any trouble sinning whatsoever. Yeah. You can claim to be down and out, and you will be down and out. Or you can use your authority to claim the promises Amen. of God and receive them into your life. So we want to claim the promises, don't we, praise God? Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Okay, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. If I ever go to jail and I'm just about to get sentenced and there's a Christian judge there, I'm going to say, Judge, I've wronged no man. <laughs> I've hurt no man. And hopefully he gets it. Yeah. <laughs> if he don't, they just think I'm crazy and that won't work out, praise God. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. You're going to find out as you, as you start to change your identity and reread, say reread re the New Testament and the epistles, you're going to see that a lot of the epistles were about your identity. You just never knew it, so it didn't talk to you about your identity, but they do. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 1. And you, has he quickened or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's that? Satan, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or lifestyle in times past. We lived in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, say but God. But God, who was rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. So here he's talking about two different times. He's talking about time past and time now. He says in time past, look what it says, you were dead. Say we're dead. We're Say dead. we're dead. How many know that's past tense? He says you were dead. You were overcome by the world. You were in bondage to the prince of the power in the air. When? In times past. But now you are more than a conqueror. He said you were by nature the children of wrath. When? In times past. Now I'm no longer in nature. I am righteous in nature because I've been born into the kingdom of God. So now, and it's so exciting if you learn it. I wish I could have learned that very day when it happened to me that the devils that were controlling me, I immediately ruled over them. Not after 20 years of church, not after 15 years of praise and worship, not until I became a good boy. That was a miracle that took me from one side in times past till now. So now it was no longer the devil chasing me, it was me chasing the devil. It was no longer me being the sickly person, I'm the one who now heals the sick. Are you following me? It changed the whole thing. It was a miracle of God. We don't even understand what happened. It was a mighty miracle that took place in our life, and that time it changed our whole life in that time, and all this stuff was in times past. So at once I was free of bondage. All at once I was free of alcohol. All at once I ruled over the devil. All at once my, everything was changed on the inside of me because I'd been born again and I had to stay away from in times past. Amen. Many people are born again kingdom citizens and they're still living in times past. And I'll tell you how you can tell. They pray from someone in times past. Oh Lord, I'm so unworthy and I don't deserve you to answer this. And you probably won't because I'm such a sinner. But I'm asking you to. How many know that's from the wrong side? Yes. There's no rights there. There's no anything there. I'll tell you what you're trying to do. You're trying to work on God's feelings. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, no, that ain't going to get him. If feelings moved him, everybody would have to be healed in the world because he loves everybody. No, it's got something to do with believing who you are too. So you may pray out of the dungeon. You may pray like Job, but you're not Job. You may pray like Peter or Paul, but you're not Peter and Paul. You're in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. So you come, the Bible says, come weak and tired to the throne of grace. Crawl in there. No, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why, well, you got a place there. That's where you belong. That's who you are. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're in God and sons. You're in God's family. If you need something, you go to the, go to the head CEO and you get it, praise God. And the CEO wants the business to run good, so he's going to give it to you. We're not begging God and pleading with God and hoping God does something for us. He's trying to let us get involved with him. See, he made a mistake. He gave mankind control on the earth. I wonder if he'd like to take that back sometime. See, he gave mankind authority. He said, behold, I give you authority on the earth to do things. So we have the authority down here. We're running it, but we're running it according to the headquarters. And sometimes we need the headquarters to intervene. So we pray. That allows God, say allow. allow. Here come the letters. The letters are coming in through the mail. No, you allow God. You understand? That's what prayer is. It's allowing God to get involved from heaven down in here to help you supernaturally with different things because God doesn't want to control things down here. He's up there, and he doesn't need you up there to kill you off to need help up there. He's doing all right. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? Oh, he just needed help up there, so he killed Johnny at 12 years old. Trust me, he's got it under control up there. He doesn't need any backup. He doesn't need any help. No, 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 that's not it. But down here, we want to rule and reign, so we want to do that. How? We want to do it for authority we've got, through the power we've got, and we can connect with our homeland who basically has everything. Everything we get from the kingdom, we receive. We don't buy. We don't get. We don't struggle for. We simply receive it because we have evidence of it in the word of God. All right, sec, uh, chapter 10, look at verse, or chapter 2, look at verse 10. It says, someday we will become his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, and hopefully we do some works that day because God really likes it when we do a bunch of works. Is that what it says? No. no. For we are his workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now that's a good scripture. So I already are. I already are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. He's given me a work to do down here and supplied me with everything that I need to do that work. But most of the time, most people are spending their whole time trying to become the workman. And if you can't do that, then, then you can't do what you are because he already made you that, see? So I already found out that I am. That's the way I am. I'm created to do good work. So what should I do? Might as well walk in them then. I might as well do it through the power of God on the inside of me. And every time you get a revelation of who you are and take another step, another revelation's there of who you are and another step. And a revelation. And pretty soon you're going to convince yourself who you actually are. You're going you're to figure it out. Somebody's going to walk up to you and say, oh boy, things are just gone terrible. I just don't know how we do it. How you doing? You'd say, bless, praise God. It's just wonderful. I'm filled with the Spirit. Thank God for that. And they won't ask any more questions. Sometimes you want to know how to get rid of doubters. Just speak faith. Come on, am I right? Nobody wants to hear that. See, they're doing all they can. And God just isn't cooperating with me. And I don't know what's the matter with him. He loves Joe better than he loves me. And I don't understand why. That because you don't know what's already in the Constitution that belongs to you. Your last will and testament is right here. And you've never picked it up to even figure out what to do with it. So here it says you are his workmanship. Then it goes on. Look at verse 11. Wherefore, remember that you being where? In times past, Gentiles in the flesh were called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. And at that time, where? In past times, you were without Christ, 
You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers from the covenant of promise. You had no hope, and you were without God in this world. How many of you were there? How many of you enjoyed that? No, thank God we're not there anymore. But look at verse 13. But, say but. God, I love that word, don't you? But now in Christ Jesus, ye sometimes who were far off have been made near by your great efforts and your struggling and your fighting to become a better person. No, nigh by what? The blood. The blood brought us near. It's the blood brought you. I just feel so guilty. Don't feel guilty. The blood brought you near. Well, I failed yesterday. Well, repent, move on. The blood brought you near. You don't have to try to get back to him near. Just repent and move on, for goodness sakes, if you make a mistake. It's not something that you've got to hold on to for weeks and weeks and weeks. All right, look at verse 19. He goes on to say, Now, therefore, you are no more strangers. You're certainly not a foreigner, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are now of the household of who? Of God. Now, how many know that's a change? That is a change. And most Christians don't even know verse 22. In whom you also are builded together for a habitation. Say habitation. Say habitation. See, most people who are in the kingdom think of themselves as visitation. God will visit me whenever I get a goose bump. He won't. God visits me when pastor preaches because I feel a goose bump. No, you are a habitation of a visitation. And when you believe you're a habitation, you'll have many but if you think you're a visitation, you'll only get a visitation every now and then. Are you following me? No, a habitation. God's on the inside. And I tell you, when you really believe you're a habitation, there's many things you used to do that you won't be able to do because God's looking. Yeah. So you can, you can shut off the lights, but he's still there. Amen. Go out in the woods, he's still there. Because he's with you all the time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So you're a habitation of God through the Spirit. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. Sometimes you see people in the Old Testament with a greater revelation of the identity that they didn't even have than we have in the New Testament. See, David came up to Goliath. He didn't say, well, I'm short and I can't do much, but I'm going to do my best because I'm going to try to help. He came up there boldly, man. I'm going to cut your head off. Bless God. I'm going to knock you down. And he wasn't even filled with a spirit. He wasn't nothing. He was an Old Testament person. But he apparently had the idea. And God told him who he was, and he believed it because he went up there. He wasn't afraid of that giant. He just said, I'm chop your head right off, buddy. That's what's going to happen to you. See? And we need that same attitude. We've got the spirit of God to help us. How many of you are glad about that? He's here to lead you and guide you in all truth. All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now this is talking about a kingdom change that you made the day that you got born again. You came out of the kingdom of darkness and you're now in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of light. Notice that was an instant thing the day that you got born again. And when that happened, you now have redemption. Say, I have redemption. redemption. Notice, you have redemption. So if you have redemption, why should you live in some of the curse if you already have redemption? It's because you don't know you have redemption and you claim the curse when it comes after you and then you live in the curse even though you have. Do you see? You can claim whatever you want, praise God. You've got so much power in your life that you can do whatever you want. So here it says there was a kingdom change. Say kingdom change. Another thing says at this time you move from one state of being 
to another state of being. I like that, praise God. All right, now look, I lived in Ohio for all almost 30 years, well, a little over 30 years, and I decided to come to Florida because I didn't like Ohio. I wanted to move where it was nice and sunny and beautiful like the rest of you, and I came down here to Florida. Well, after I was down here a little while, all at once I started getting literature from Ohio, and the literature from Ohio was from the state of Ohio telling me that I needed to pay my state tax. I needed to pay my city tax, and I simply said, that no longer applies to me because I changed from one state to another state. So I just wrote him a little letter back and said, sorry, income tax in Ohio State or, or, or local doesn't apply to me anymore. It don't even apply to me in Florida because we ain't even got it down here. I had to get them. I had to get them a little bit, praise God. Yeah. And I said, this doesn't apply to me. So I'm not going to deal with that because this does not apply to me. So when I was born again, I studied this and I had to learn it. And when sin had come around, I'd say, that no longer applies to me. When, when an all once attack, a symptom would come at my body, I'd say, well, that's a good try, but that no longer really applies to me because, see, I, I moved out of that state, and I've taken up residence in another state called the kingdom of God, praise God, and in here, all I can find is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I can't see sickness, depression, and down and out, you see, because I changed. So I had to decide what, basically. See, when worry comes in your life, that doesn't really apply to you. Fear doesn't apply to you. Will it try to come in your life? Will the rain come? Will the winds come? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it'll come. But you've got to make your decision on what you're going to believe and where you're going to stand. You have no worries. You're going to wake up every day and say, I never have another bad day as long as I live. Every First thing in the mirror, I never have a bad day as long as I live. I never have a bad day as long as I live. And if you're not careful, you start to believe it. <laughs> and if you start to believe it, and then people tell you about how bad everything is, they'll say, how are you doing? I never have a bad day. I don't know what's the matter with you. Look, be nuts, praise God. It's wonderful here. And see, you're going to, you're going to deal with righteous thinking religious people even who get mad at you for claiming who you are and it's simply and it's not pride it's what Jesus did for me by the blood I had nothing to do with it I just took it praise God it's not my fault I'm anointed it's not my fault I get revelation and I can preach it has nothing to do with me the blood provided it for me and gave me the ability to do what God called me to do it's all him that's why, that's why every time you send me $1,000 for preaching good, I always send it back. <laughs> Some of you went right over your head for a little bit. Say, Who in the heck here sent him $1,000 for preaching? <laughs> so what happens? When you get born again, the Holy Ghost goes to work immediately through the Word of God in Him to reprogram you. And where's your computer? Watch, Jesus did, a, did an example of this. He goes up the tomb of Lazarus. He says, come forth, Lazarus. And Lazarus came forth bound. Can you imagine it? I don't know how you come forth bound, but he did it. Now watch the second part. Loose him and let him go. See, most kingdom citizens are still the mummy bounding out of the grave because they've never been loosed and let go in their thought life to find out who they are and what they should be doing. So here God comes to work and what's he do? All once he tries to convince you that you're the person who never gets sick. You're the person who never gets fearful. You're the person who don't worry anymore. You're the person who's full of joy and full of peace. You're the person who just, that's who you are now. now. That's where you belong right now. Everything you do succeed. Every decision you make is right because you hear from the Spirit of God. And he's trying to convince you and take you from who you were. See, the world had 30 years to program me. So it's not only that you start all over and he programs you, you've got to get rid of some software. 
that was put in there by the TV set, by your parents, by your friends, by anybody around you, put that software in there, and he's going to have to do something about that software. Now, many places teach, basically, that once you get born again, you must, you are slowly dying to yourself. No. Well, if you're dying to yourself, that means your old self is still alive, or you wouldn't have to be dying. He's dead. Say he's dead. No, you're dying to the association with your old identity of who you used to be. Not to him. He's already dead. But how many know we carry some of that association along with us right up here? We carry it. So here comes the Holy Ghost. He's a computer specialist. He's coming in here and he's reprogramming some places. He's taking some software out and throwing it away. He's putting in a new click here. He's putting in a new thumb drive here. He's doing this. What's he trying to do? Get you into a place where you start thinking about who you are. So the people who at one time thought, I'm only human. Ever heard that? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm trying to become the best. I'm trying to be justified. I'm dying. I'm trying to do all these things. See, they're still on the other side of this thing, not understanding that was already provided. And the only way if you're in that spot to get there in your mind is for you to do good enough to get there. And the problem is you can't do good enough to get there. So you spend your whole life trying to get there by doing what you can't do to get there rather than just accepting what Jesus already did with the blood. All right, go to Romans chapter 5. I can hear your old noggins just burning up this morning. That makes sense. Yeah, that's good. All right, Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 8. It says, But God commends his love or shows us his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Look at it again. But God shows his love for us that while we were, say were, were. we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Notice, aren't you glad he didn't die for us only when we got good enough? Because he'd still be up there, wouldn't he, waiting to come down. Yeah, verse 9, much more than now being justified, how? By his, by his blood, not by your works, not by what you're trying to do, what you're not trying to do, the good things you're trying. No, you're already justified by your blood. What's justified? Some people say it's just as if I've never sinned. Well, it's even better than just as if you never sinned because you never did because the old man got killed and the one who sinned is already gone. So you're going to live a life as just as if you never sinned. Don't let the past... See, those past things come. And those past things, you'll start to understand the storms and winds that continually take you in the wrong direction. And then instead of fighting them and complaining about them and complaining about everybody who causes them, you'll go fix your foundation. Come on, man. And you won't have to worry about that stuff anymore, see? You won't have to worry. If, if, they're, if they're goofy and dumb heads when they come to you and you can't stand it, collect your foundation. They'll still be goofy and dumb heads, but you'll be able to go right through it then, praise God. You see? But what do we want to do? We want to change them, don't we? Well, if they just be nicer to me, when they get nicer, then I'm not going to punch them anymore. Well, that ain't going to work, see? You've got to change that first, your foundation, so when these things come, you know how to do it. So now what happens? Basically, there's a change here. By the blood, I've been justified. By the blood, I've been redeemed from anger. By the blood, I've been redeemed from sickness. By the blood, I'm no longer an alcoholic. I've been delivered from alcoholism, praise God. I'm not the alcoholic anymore. All these things have been gone in my life, praise God. Why? Because the blood of Jesus killed the old man and made me a brand new creation just as I had never sinned on this side. Now, the more that I believe that, the less I'll struggle with sin because I believe sin has no place in my life. See, let's face it. When you first got born again, a lot of things still tempted the heck out of you. And now they're not tempting you anymore. 
See, when I got born again, there was still a little temptation there, even though I was delivered to drink, but there's no temptation for me to go out and get drunk anymore. It's not even, I don't even want to hear about it. I'll tell you, the worst, smokers. Smokers. <laughs> Vinny got delivered from smokers. He don't want to be within 6,000 feet of a, of a cigarette anymore. Why? Because once you're delivered, what you wanted at one time, you don't even want to see that stuff, man, it's out there. What happened? Something changed. There was a deliverance there. What, one time, I'm a smoker. Now, it's, get away from me if you're a smoker, you know, and you can smell it a mile off, for goodness sakes. Well, why is that? There's been a change that took place. Something had happened. I right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You think you're righteous. You think you're holy. You think you're anointed. What makes you think that? The blood. Yep. <laughs> you want to argue? Argue with the blood. Yep. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor coveters, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now look at verse 11. And such were some of you. Now notice the key word, but. <laughs> but all, but you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now notice, here it tells you once again where you were and where you are now. And notice what it says, people who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean you'll not get in the kingdom of God. It means you will not be able to inherit all you can get from the kingdom of God. Are you following me? So this could be for a sinner out there who never gets born again or from someone who gets born again and lives in those things. Now I know nobody's doing it out there. Nobody born again is living in adultery or, or alcoholism or anything like that. No, there are, aren't they? Well, it says here, if you do that and got that mindset, you're not going to be able to receive all that the kingdom of God has provided for you because you cannot receive out of an old man mentality. You can't receive from God like that. You're coming with rights. You're coming because it belongs to you. Come. I mean, if you're living in adultery, it's very hard for you. To even go to God, much less to ask him for anything or inherit anything from the kingdom of God. So your inheritance comes through your righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, and all these things will be. It doesn't say seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this doubt and unbelief and, and guilt feelings and all these things will be added unto you. And that's where you'll be if you live in those things. But notice he says that's who you were. Say that's who I was. But that's not who you are now. All right, let's do one more. Go to Matthew chapter 7 again. The I am in your life is big. That's why we did the song this morning. I know who I am. I know who I am. It's fun to sing the song, but then uh, to put it in action, it's a little different. All right, here's the problem with most people. It was a problem with me for a long time. All right, Matthew chapter 7, look at verse 17. It says, even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt or bad tree brings forth what? Yeah. Evil fruit. A good tree brings forth, or a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Do you see that? Yeah. Now notice. We think of this in trees and in fruit. How many know in the kingdom of God, one of the evidences, you produce fruit? Why am I in the kingdom of God and I can't produce fruit? 
because you still think you're an old tree or a bad tree. And since you think you're a bad tree, all you can produce is bad fruit. But if I start to think that, man, I am a good tree from what the blood did to me, then I will just automatically start producing good fruit and have some people, because they don't know this, are struggling their whole life to produce fruit, and they're never going to do it because they think they're a bad tree. And you cannot produce fruit if you're a bad tree. So what's he talking about again there? What you think of yourself. What you say, I'm a sinner, and I'm down and out, and it never works out for me, and I know what's going to happen. I just can't produce any fruit. No, and you never will. You never will until you understand you're not a bad tree. You are a good tree, and it's natural for a good tree to produce good fruit, but it's also natural for a bad tree to produce bad fruit. See? So it makes a big difference then. People say, I want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. Well, you've got to change, not do things. You know, some people try to do their way in. They try to do everything that comes along. That's not the way. You don't work your way into this stuff. You believe yourself into this. You believe your way in, and you grow in the things of God, and you learn it. And then you grow up into a place where things will no longer bother you anymore. When someone says something negative about you in front of you, it will no longer make you go in a tizzy for a week because you're mad at them, and you're offended at them, and you don't want to forgive them. And No, you catch yourself right away, and you say, that's not who I am. I'm a forgiving person, praise God. And, and they say, well, I don't like you. And you say, well, I really love you. You know, you're a very nice person, you know, and I don't really have anything against you. And, and I mean, they'll back down. That's why the Bible says a soft answer because you know what the, the norm is? Yeah, when somebody screams at you, what do you do? You scream louder. You give them a good piece of your mind that you can't afford to give away anyway. That's right. That's what you do, praise God. Put it out there and you can't give it away anyway. So, so we're changing our identity. We're changing the way we're thinking. We're changing the way that we're doing, praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for once again through your spirit. Father, lock us in, praise God, to what the blood has provided for each and every one of us. I thank you right now that on the inside, Holy Ghost, you go to work through this word as it's read this week. You point out to each and every one of us where we need to adjust our thinking in ways that we're still thinking of the old man. And I thank you once again for using us powerfully in this new man identity and the power of the Holy Ghost is on the inside. And we thank you for the blood that provided all these things for us. We take no credit for any of them. It's all by your blood. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added.